turn with us in your Bibles, Psalms chapter 12. And Kamari, come on at this time. He'll read the scripture for today, Psalms chapter 12. Now, we're going to try to do this responsively, all right? And so it's his first time doing responsive, right? Yes. And so Kamari's going to read that first verse, and you all are going to read along with him. You all help him out. You can read the second verse along with him and make sure they got it, okay? Okay. Go all the way through, okay? Here, I'll get you a microphone, sir. Thank you, sir. I'll hold it up. Amen. Great. Yeah. Um, Psalms 12. Help, Lord, for the godly man ceaseth, for the faithful fail from among the children of men. They speak vanity, everyone with his neighbor, with flattering lips and with a double heart do they speak. The Lord shall cut off all flattering lips and the tongue that speaketh proud things. Who have said, with our tongue will we prevail? Our lips are our own. Who is the Lord over us? For the oppression of the poor, for the sighing of the needy, now will I arise, saith the Lord. I will set him in safety from that puffeth at him. The words of the Lord are pure words, as silver tried in a furnace of earth purified seven times. Thou shalt keep them, O Lord. Thou shalt preserve them from, the genera from this generation for forever. The wicked walk on every side when the vilest men are exalted. Amen. Let's look back, if you would, at verse 1. Thank you, Kamari. The Bible says, Help, Lord, for the godly man ceaseth. Would you read the next phrase together with me? For the faithful fail from among the children of men. God's word is not meant to be depressing. It's meant to be encouraging. And my friend, today God's got help for us. And today God is calling, God is looking, and God is looking for faithfulness. The Lord is looking for us to be faithful. He says, for the faithful fail from among the children of men. David understood this. David, a man who had suffered much, a man who had learned to wait for his position. Hey, David, you're going to be the next king. Oh, by the way, prerequisite to being king means you're going to be chased around and hunted like a wild animal with 600 men with you. Imagine trying to hide that many men. That's your prerequisite, David, for call to the ministry, to call to lead, call to be the king. David understood the lack of faithful folks around him. and David had a burden for it. Help, Lord, he said. For the, look at what he says, what kind of person? The godly man ceaseth. For the faithful fail from among the children of men. We have gathered today, and I believe each of us are here, we want to get a blessing from God, we want to get a word from the Lord, we want to get encouragement. See, we come to God's house to get spiritually fed, to get spiritually encouraged, and it is to be a body of believers that grows and edifies one another to love and to good deeds. And God uses faithful individuals to make that happen. Aren't you thankful for faithful people that helped you in your life? 
I am thankful for faithful people who helped me in my life, who have been a blessing, who have been an encouragement. And I thank God for each of you who have exuded these qualities of faithfulness even over the last few years together, as we spent the last five years together. And just this, uh, this last month celebrated 40 years that God's allowed the church to be here on this corner, preaching the gospel, ministering to souls in this place. And we thank God for what God is doing. But God is looking for this quality of faithfulness. What are we going to do? It says the faithful fail from among the children of men. This is like a politician talking about the border crisis. None of them have a real good solution. They just like to talk about it and keep playing that card. Just like our state, right? And the things that our state promotes. And uh, I tell you, we thank God for the freedom to worship God still in this state. Amen. Amen. But I tell you, my friends, this state uh, has forgotten that God is in control. The godly man ceaseth. The faithful fail from among the children of men. You say, well, you know what? It's those people that are, have titles. You know, it's a, if the businessmen would do right, if, the, if, those, uh, if my boss would do right, you know, if, if they would all do right, if every person who is a leader would do right, if, if they would do right, then everything would be okay. We like to look at everybody else, but God's looking for something in our own hearts, and God is looking for uh, faithfulness in our hearts. He doesn't care what titles you and I get. See, a title can be taken away quickly. God doesn't care what title we get. He's just looking for faithful men and women. The Lord uses faithful people. This week, I asked our young men to write a paper. I said, guys, would you write on the subject of faithfulness? And would you write on the subject of what it means to be a faithful man? And they took time this week, and I'm proud of them. They both studied it out. They wrote a thousand-word paper. And I kind of surprised them with it. They finished their book reports early, and I said, guys, you know what? Part of being a leader is you can finish something quickly, right? And so I gave them an assignment this week to do, and they did it. And then I said, guys, would you take 200 words and just apply it to your own life, all right? What we want to have faithful men, and so... Look in the Word of God and see what qualities come from the Word of God. And they came up with some uh, great things, and they came up with some different scriptures. And these are some scriptures uh, that they didn't come up with, that I, that I have, that really, um, I believe, target this subject um, of being a faithful man, of being a faithful woman. He says, though, in Psalms 12, he says, the faithful have failed. And he speaks of the qualities that, these, uh, that everybody possesses, he says. They speak... Vanity, everyone with his neighbor. And he says, with flattering lips. And look at this, with a, what kind of a heart? A double heart. Do you like having a double-hearted friend? Nobody does, right? They're your friend today, tomorrow they're your enemy. Calvary Baptist Church has existed and will continue to exist as God raises up faithful men and women who serve. And look... When folks step inside our church, they may notice uh, those greeting. They may notice those who serve as musicians. They may look and see who serves on the platform. Uh, they may, they may uh, seek to examine the character because we know what we all are looking for character. But at the end of the day, you know what quality they're looking for? Faithfulness. Faithfulness. God is looking for faithful individuals. Folks with committed hearts. Folks with hearts that are dedicated. As for me and my house, Joshua said, we will serve who? The Lord. We're going to serve the Lord with our lives. Not with this double heart, 
double tongue. He says in verse 3, the Lord shall cut off all flattering lips and the tongue that speaketh what kind of things? Proud things. I heard a good challenge a few weeks ago. And it was, you know what, somebody might give you accolades. Somebody might write up a, a thing about you and say, you do it. I did all these great things. But at the end of the day, don't believe a word of it. Because if you believe a word of it, that's pride. And often we think we're great. God says, you know what, he's great. The Lord is the one who is great. This morning, I want you to think about this too. We can't change our looks or our personalities, okay? So stop trying, all right? People go to psychiatrists and try to get help and try to get their personality adjusted. It's my personality problem. Um, even the, uh, the waitress at, uh, yesterday, because, uh, you know, the pet place didn't work out, so we went to a, a different place and, uh, and went to this hotel, and the, and the lady there was talking about, because she noticed my daughter was uh, crazy, right? And she was having so much fun. And, uh, and she said, you know, she said, my child was ADHD. And she started talking about all these things, about how she tried to modify her child's behavior with medication. And uh, my friend, at the end of the day, it is a gift having a personality that's excited, energetic. And uh, by the way, um, I don't see it as a disability, okay? God gave me ADHD. I kind of like it, all right? And... Uh, I might call you some other name, but I do enjoy. Uh, you got to enjoy your personality, okay? God gave it to you, so you can't take it away. You can develop it. We can't change our looks or our personality, but we can choose to be what? Faithful. We can choose to be faithful. It's a choice. When you see somebody who's faithful, who's helped you in your life, when God's used you to help somebody else, the qualities of faithfulness come from God. And he says, Help, Lord, for the godly man ceaseth. I challenge you this morning, don't give yourself the title of faithful. Let God give you the title of faithful. We uh, cannot pay somebody enough to be faithful. It's the inner quality of the hidden life. When I was in college, they asked me to do some things, and uh, there was a Christian camp that kept coming by every summer. This Christian camp was Ironwood Christian Camp in California, right just a few hours away. I went by, and you know what the first question I asked him, Kamari? I said, oh, it's great. You're asking me to be an intern for the summer, I mean, uh, to work there as a camp counselor. I said, how much, you know, what are we going to do, different opportunities? But then I did ask, you know, I said, how much y'all going to pay? You know how much they're going to pay? $44 a week. Now, that was full time. You lived there. You stayed there. This was only a few years ago, okay? I don't think it's more than that now, maybe a little bit. $44 a week. Look, I had a truck with insurance on it. I mean, I had things to pay for. That wasn't even going to cover my health insurance and my vehicle insurance for the summer. And the first time I heard that, I said, no way. I have a semester to pay for coming up. Well, you know what? God humbled me. And at the end of the college season, at the end of being an intern for a year, working for $125 a week, God humbled me and said, you, now you go work for $44 a week. And I got there, and there was little kids that came in my room, and six to eight young men were your campers in the little cabin, and you had to be with them 24-7 for about five and a half days every week. 
when they wanted to do things at night, like throw stuff in the room, you know, whatever. They had, they had their own agenda. They wanted to talk all night long. And you had to sleep in that bunk, in a bunk bed. And I'm telling you, those bunk beds weren't exactly the Holiday Inn. I mean, they were unique. And, and you, you got up in the morning, you walked out on sandy ground. Uh, it's the desert. They didn't know what grass was there. And, uh, I mean, it was just quite a place. And you know what? I look back on it now, years later, with fond memories, because I saw young men get saved that summer. I saw people surrender to the ministry. I saw people who God touched their hearts. These kids, about 150 kids or so, would come in that week, and you, you would stay out till 9 or 10 counseling these kids after the meeting. They wanted to get right with God. They heard the message, and they wanted to get right with God, and then they'd write you later about what God did in their life. I still have the decision cards from that summer. I look back on that summer as, you know what? Yes, the one emergency room visit that I had was $500. The total amount I made that summer was 440 okay? I mean, it was a unique summer. But you know what? It was a good summer because I learned some things about qualities of faithfulness that helped me to come here and stay here. You see, God is looking for faithfulness. And I thank God for, for seeing the example of those around and, and for the opportunity I had to see the example of others who at that camp were so faithful. And it gave me a, a pressure and a, and a courage to press on. The faithful fail from among the children of men. And they decided too. They said, well, you have carpentry skills. And so and you can build things. And so they decided they were going to put me as the manager who was doing these projects. They said, you build a, build a porch on this house, put a roof on this house. And, you know, that was what I wound up doing a few weeks when they, didn't, they had less kids. And you know what? Sometimes you're in the middle of things and you say, well, what can God use? What can God do? But you know what? When you look back in your life, if you decide to stick it out and be faithful, wherever God puts you, you're going to be able to look back and see that you helped others. God is looking for faithful people. Faithful people. We need prayer to be faithful. Look in the text. Look in verse 1. He says, help, Lord. Help, Lord. Look, God isn't looking for career-minded men. He's looking for Christ-centered men. Moses was on a pathway to the throne of Egypt with all the pleasures and treasures of Egypt. But instead, God directed him and he followed God to lead three million complaining people, complaining Baptists, I think they were, through the desert. And he left a career to follow a calling. See, God leads you, you follow. God isn't looking for career-minded people. He's looking for Christ-centered men and women who care simply about one thing, that the gospel of Christ might be fulfilled in and through our lives. We need prayer. Look, Hollywood can't make faithful men. Help, Lord. Help, Lord. Science can't make men faithful. It's an inner quality. The men of the world have become faithful to a job or a particular study. We go by museums, you go by uh, different places, and you see their names written down. They were faithful. They, they were great in the battlefield. They did good. They led this. They did that. But my friend, at the end of the day, if, if we didn't help somebody come to Christ, if we didn't have a goal helping the kingdom of God move forward, was it really faithfulness or was it just for, for, to get their name and their recognition put out there? To raise up spiritually faithful men and women, we need the power of God. How many more would be faithful if we would just pray for them? Pray for them. Secondly, we need single-mindedness. This is just by way of introduction. We need single-mindedness. It says in verse 2, with a double heart do they speak. 
with a double heart do they speak. Out of the abundance of the heart, the mouth speaketh. And so he says what's coming out is what's in the heart, and the heart is divided, and a house divided against itself cannot stand. And so we need single-mindedness. I'd like to show you this morning a few folks who were single-minded. And uh, just by way of introduction to the message, I'm going to give you three thoughts when we close this morning that will help you in a little bit, okay? Let's look at another passage. Speaking of faithfulness, we see a man named Moses in Numbers chapter 12, verse 7. So we saw Psalms 12. Now we're going to go to Numbers 12 and verse 7. I love looking at the example of this man of God. Moses in Numbers in chapter 12. Now, if you recall, Moses wasn't exactly the guy who just said, Yes, Lord, I'll go. What did he say? Lord, I can't talk. Lord, I got a speech impediment, whatever he had. for He says, Lord, I can't speak. Lord, why are you asking me to go lead? And God says, oh, by the way, your brother's coming. He'll speak for you. So Aaron's speaking, but Moses is the one who hears from God. Moses uh, hears from God, and now Aaron speaks to the people. But Aaron also had a sister. By the way, this passage clears up a lot of things today also in modern worship, okay? Because there's a lot of pressure today to be like the world, okay? To be like the world. Uh, those who lead ought to be people who are people of faith, people who are faithful, people who love Jesus, people who hate evil. Um, and Aaron had some character deficiencies, okay? And Miriam... God called a man to lead, okay? But she spoke up and her brother, okay? Look at this. Now, in chapter 12 and verse 1, Miriam and Aaron spake against Moses because of the Ethiopian woman whom he had married, for he had married an Ethiopian woman. Okay, so Moses got married. Now, by the way, God didn't say anything against the marriage. It was an interracial marriage. God didn't say anything against it, but Miriam and Aaron had a problem with it. God didn't. Because look in verse 2. They said, Hath the Lord indeed spoken only by Moses? Hath he not spoken by us also? Great. Jealousy. Now that sounds good, and you probably heard somebody say that before. Oh, God can speak to me too. I just, God can speak with me. I heard a word from the Lord. And, um, and then look at the next verse, then the last part of the verse. It says, And the Lord heard it. Okay? By the way, God listens to everything. God listens to everything you and I say, so we better be careful what we say. Have you ever had to say, Lord, please forgive me for saying that? By the way, I challenge you to do it quickly before God does something like this, okay? Because look at the passage. Now, the man Moses was very meek above all the men which are upon the face of the earth. Meekness is not weakness, my friend, because he made the people eat. If you remember, they ground up the idol and they had to eat it, and he actually made them do it. Uh, that took a little bit of convincing and a little bit of pressure. He was a leader, okay? But he also was a very meek man. And it says in verse 4, And the Lord spake suddenly unto Moses, and unto Aaron, and unto Miriam, Come out ye three into the tabernacle of the congregation, and they came out. And the Lord came down in the pillar of the cloud and stood at the door of the tabernacle and called Aaron and Miriam, and they both came forth. Now, I would like God to show up sometimes in a, in a meeting like that, right? When there's a little bit of squabbling going on, I don't know who, who's the greatest. God just shows up. Um, by the way, 
I would love for the Lord to do that sometimes, my friends. If we had a little fear of God, it would change the way we act. Amen? It would change the way we act. And uh, they didn't have any fear of God. God showed up. Can you imagine that? I mean, three million people are around watching this meeting go on. What's going on down there? God showed up. Uh-oh. They just talked about Moses negative. Let's see what happens. Let's see what happens. They were murmuring and complaining. Let's see what happens. Verse 6, okay, it says, God says to them, he, said, he comes, calls them to come forth. And in verse 6, he says, hear now my words. If there be a prophet among you, I, the Lord, will make myself known unto him in a vision and will speak unto him in a dream. My servant Moses is not so. Who is, would you read the next word? Faithful in all my house. Hey, by the way, guys, he says, Aaron, Miriam, you think God spoke to you? Yeah, he did, but Moses is different. God says, I talked to him face to face. God says, he's different. And he says, by the way, he's faithful in all of my house. God says, he's, he's a leader, but he's also a man who is humble. He's also a man who worships God. He led in the worship of God in the place. And with him, God says, I will speak even mouth to mouth. Even apparently not in dark speeches and the similitude of the Lord shall he behold. Wherefore then was you not afraid to speak against my servant Moses? And the anger of the Lord was kindled against them and he departed. It says, and the cloud departed from off the tabernacle. By the way, that's a bad thing. You wonder why sometimes you go to meet with God. And it seems like something's missing there. Sometimes it's because the Holy Spirit of God was quenched. You say, what should we do? Should we all just... Run out of that place when we see that happen? No, maybe we ought to just get right with God, humble ourselves, pray, and seek God's face, and ask God to cleanse, cleanse and, uh, and ask God to restore. And it says in uh, verse 10, Now God's glory departs, and it says, Behold, Miriam became leprous, white as snow. And Aaron looked upon Miriam, and behold, she was leprous. And Aaron said unto Moses, Alas, my Lord, I beseech thee, lay not the sin upon us when we have done foolishly and when we, when we have sinned. Let her be not as one dead, of whom of the flesh is half consumed. Now, it seems like the only thing that got Aaron and Miriam's attention was a health condition. All of a sudden, they got suddenly smitten by God with a health condition. With the leprosy would literally eat their body away. And all of a sudden, their body starts beating away. And he says, Moses, I'm sorry. I know just a few minutes ago, we, we cursed your name. We said God spoke by us. But it seems like we were wrong. Would you, would you quickly reverse my sister's health? Would you fix her health problem? God's merciful and God did reverse that. And my friend, God did not have to reverse that. You understand? God was showing his power. He was showing his holiness. And why did God show that? Because there was a faithful individual in the group and they decided to speak up against the faithful one who happened to be Moses in our text. Moses was faithful. He was single-minded. Look in Joshua, if you would, in Numbers. Would you turn over to Joshua and chapter 24 and verse 15? Joshua 24, verse 15. We need prayer to be faithful. We need single-mindedness by way of introduction to be faithful. Look in Joshua 24 and look in verse 15. You say, who was Joshua? He was Moses' servant. He was Moses' intern. It says... Verse 15 at the end of the verse. But as for me and my house, we will serve the Lord. I believe Moses was in heaven rejoicing. He saw, wow, 
Moses had gone on. He was not able to go into the promised land. Now Joshua is leading the people on. And Joshua says, by the way, folks, I've decided, as for me and my house, we're going to serve the Lord. As for me and my house, we're going to serve the Lord. See, the, the need is great all around us. And it's a choice to be faithful. Every church needs some people who are going to lock arms and say, we're going to be faithful. We're going to serve and we're going to be sweet. We're going to stay, serve, and be sweet. You see, sometimes you can go to church and there'll be folks who stay, amen? But they ain't sweet. They might stay, but they won't serve. And my friend, God's looking for folks who stay, who serve, and who are sweet. Aren't you thankful when you walk into a church and see sweet folks? I appreciate the sweet spirit in the room and the sweet spirit among our church family. It is great when there's a sweetness among the people. You say, what, is, what do we have to do to be sweet? The same thing you have to do to stay married. Be loving and kind, amen? And forgive every once in a while when you need to forgive. Forget. Move on. We need single-mindedness. So we saw we need a prayer to be faith. The prayer to be faithful needs single-mindedness. But this morning, let's look at these qualities of the faithful. The qualities of the faithful. First, there's a reliance upon God. There is a reliance upon God. Every, every church needs people who are going to be faithful. You're going to rely upon God. You say... How is that exude? Help, Lord, for the faithful fail. Well, what is God's quality? Let's look over in Isaiah 49, verse 7. How is God described? I love this passage because the Bible speaks so many times of faithfulness. Faithfulness. It's a beautiful thing when you see it. Sometimes you don't know what it is until you're missing it. Or until somebody who is faithful steps out of your life and you go, wow, they were faithful. Thank God for that. This is a quality that comes from God. Faithfulness comes from God. And it is a reliance upon God. Look in Isaiah 49 and verse 7. Thus saith the Lord, the Redeemer of Israel, and His Holy One, to him whom man despiseth, to him whom the nation abhorreth, a to a servant of rulers, kings shall see and arise, princes also shall worship, because the Lord of the Lord, that is, what does it say? faithful and the holy one of Israel that he and he shall choose thee God says by the way one of my qualities he says is faithful aren't you thankful God's faithful Jesus Christ the same yesterday today and forever times have changed things do change but when we rely upon God we recognize he is faithful he does not change and you say what should I look for in somebody else you ought to look for somebody who is faithful to Jesus Christ you want to have somebody who's gonna be a spiritual example in your life find somebody who's faithful don't look so much to other qualities. Look for somebody who's faithful. I encourage you, listen, listen to messages during the week. Listen to preaching. Listen to teaching. Um, hear the word of God. Study the word of God. Be full of the word of God. And one of God's qualities is faithfulness. Look for people who are faithful, who can influence you and I to be faithful. He says, man despiseth him, though. Nations abhor him. Don't we see that happening? Right? Nations abhorring him. Turning from him. It says, a servant of rulers. You realize a nation can reject God, but then they call upon God, humble themselves and pray. And what does he do? He comes right there and serves. He comes right there and helps. He is a present help in time of trouble. A reliance upon God. Faithful people, the qualities of the faithful, are that they rely upon God. Don't rely upon people, please. Rely upon God. People will fail you. Don't look at people. That's like looking at the waves. People go up and down just like the waves. Rely upon God. 
Secondly, there's a resilience to adversity we see in the text. A resilience to adversity. And this is also um, demonstrated in the scripture over in 1 Corinthians. 1 Corinthians, if you go there with me, there's a resilience to adversity. Help, Lord, for the faithful fail from among the children of men. What are the faithful like? Well, they stick it out. They're faithful. 1 Corinthians 10 and verse 13. 1 Corinthians 10 and verse 13. Bible says in this passage in verse 13, There hath no temptation taken you, but such as is common to man, but God is what? Faithful, who will not suffer you to be tempted above that you're able, but will with the temptation also make a way of escape that you may be able to bear it. What's God going to do? He's going to give you a test to try your faith. Resilience to adversity. You ever wonder why God keeps sending you through the same test? I used to wonder that. And then I heard a message that helped me. God keeps sending you through the same test until you pass the test. So get a new attitude next time you go through the test, and God will move you to the next step. Resilience to adversity. By the way, it's not about what you do for Christ. It is about the spirit by which you conduct yourself is a high part of that. Yes, yes, we need to do things for God. But my friend, it's the sweet spirit. It's the sweet spirit. People are looking for faithfulness. And faithfulness is exuded by a spirit that's within. And by the way, you cannot pay that spirit to be within. You have to put it there by faith. It is a choice. Resilience to adversity. I'm going to press on, we're going to stick it, stick it out, and we're going to what? Have a good spirit. Resilience to adversity. He says, this thing is, is common to man. Temptations are common to man. What do we often say, man? You know, my trial is just greater than other people. My trial is just greater. Nobody understands. There's a lot more that understand if you get around and talk with them. There's a lot more people suffering. A lot more people dealing with trials. God is faithful. God is faithful. He gives you the resilience to adversity. It's a quality of faithfulness. Thirdly, this morning, as we see these qualities of faithfulness, reliance upon God, resilience to adversity. But look in this, there's also relationships with others. Relationships with others. And I want to see, uh, us to see a text where this is described. He spoke in, back in Psalms of the faithful fail from among the children of men. So there's a lack of them in relationships throughout the community and throughout the church. But look in Philippians chapter 4 and look at what Paul describes that he had. Paul was one who God used to turn the world upside down. But Paul was surrounded with some people who had some qualities in them. <clears throat> Philippians 4 verse 1. He says... Therefore, my beloved, or therefore, my brethren, dearly beloved, and longed for, my joy and crown. So stand fast in the Lord, my dearly beloved. I beseech Yodius, and I beseech Syntyche that they be of the same mind in the Lord. By the way, Paul didn't have a problem telling them what needed to change. Can you imagine reading this letter in church? Oh, by the way, would you like your names to be mentioned? Okay, uh, you tell these two people to get along. Uh, I've always been tempted to try that. 
uh, if, that, if that ever happened, right? That never happens in church, but if it ever did, I've been tempted to try it. Paul did. It seemed to work well for him because you never hear about that again in the passage. Um, he's in verse 3. He says, I entreat thee also, true yoke fellow, help these women which labored with me in the gospel, with Clement also, and with other, my other fellow laborers whose names are in the book of life. He says, brethren, he says, I entreat thee also, true yoke fellow, help those women, he says, which labored with me in the gospel. Paul is by, without doubt known as a faithful man. A man who God took and called from over here killing God's people to over here leading the, the people of God and building churches and reaching the lost. But he describes these relationships that strengthened him. He describes in Philippi these, these women. And Clement also. And he says, with my other, and with other my fellow laborers whose names are, he says, where? He didn't say their name was up on the wall. There's nothing wrong with putting a name up on the wall. But he says their name was written in heaven. My friend, I thank God for those whose names are written in heaven. Amen? And the relationships you and I have with those whose names are written in the book of life ought to be a sweet thing. And if your name has been written in the book of life and you've put your faith in Jesus Christ... Would you labor together with the others as Moses had Aaron and her in the battle hold up his hands? Would you labor together? You say, what can I do to labor together? I want a, a, certain, a certain title or position to serve. No, you don't need a title. You just need the quality of faithfulness. And when you have the quality of faithfulness and this joy and this reliance upon God, God has a way of directing. God has a way of working. Was, was Miriam used of God? She was. She led in worship. Was, was Aaron used of God? Yes. But my friend, Moses was the one that God had called and his hand was upon him in a special way. And in that passage we saw how Moses had a quality. A quality that was not used to describe Aaron or Miriam. Moses' quality was faithfulness. It may be said of each of us that when, it, when it's our last day, there's one quality that we're remembered for. When others are Mourning our loss, rejoicing that we're now with the Lord, may it be said, she was faithful, he was faithful. They loved Jesus and everybody knew it. May others be in the kingdom of heaven. May our family see that we love Jesus. The Bible says in 1 Corinthians chapter 4, we'll finish with this passage, 1 Corinthians 4 and verse 2. 1 Corinthians 4 and verse 2. Let's look there. As we finish this morning, the word faithful is used here as well. Paul says, let a man, in verse 1, so account of us as of the ministers of Christ and stewards of the mysteries of God. Paul goes on to describe this. Moreover, it is required in stewards that a man be found, what does he say? Hmm. Moses was faithful. Joshua was faithful. We've seen that one of God's qualities is faithfulness. But Paul says, when people account of us, when they remember our lives, he says, may they not just remember that we were a minister of Christ, 
But he says that we were a steward of the mysteries of God. This is a precious book. Aren't you thankful for this book? The Word of God. That was kind of weak. Aren't you thankful for this book? Amen. I'm thankful for God's Word. That it is firm. That it, we can rely upon it. It is true. It never changes. And so we trust the Word of God. And he says it is required of stewards that a man be found faithful. It is an important quality. You know, God's just looking for faithful people. Aren't you thankful for that? He's not looking for those who have the coolest personalities, those who have the greatest gifts, those who have the greatest talents, those who are the best with this and that. No, he's looking for one quality, faithfulness. And when he finds that quality, he uses us. He will use you. He will use me. You say, how can I become faithful? Choose you this day whom you will serve. As for me and my house, we will serve the Lord. It is a choice. It is a choice. Help, Lord, for the faithful fail from among the children of men. It is a choice. And a faithful man is only as strong as the faithful men and women he surrounds himself with. And I challenge you, find some faithful friends. Be a faithful friend. And may God help us with this today, that we might exude the qualities of faithfulness, that other souls might be reached in this place. And I'm so excited, even how God's been working on people's hearts, and excited about how people are going to share in the days to come, how God's been working in their hearts. God's been doing things in our church family. God's been working in people's hearts. And, um, you know, God has a way of working. He said he's not willing that any should perish, but that all should be saved. God's bringing people to salvation. God's bringing people to hope. The Lord's bringing people to faith. And I tell you, he's going to use us if we'll be faithful.